0: While you're standing, thank you evangelists, while you're standing, turn with me to Jeremiah 1. Today we'll read verse 10 and 11, 9, 10, and 11, as we tackle part number 7 of our theme focus. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth. And said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations. That's why we have the privilege to pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Over nations. And kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. We've just done some planting. Verse number 11 The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, verse number 12, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The Lord had blessing to the reading of his word. And so Lord, we thank you again. For the ministry of your word and thank you for the things that you have in store for us today. Grant us the understanding that we need. The anointing also to deliver of your oracles. We seek this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may kindly be seated. Today we are in part number seven of um, our theme message. And there will be quite a pause because the next few weeks we have a number of uh, activities uh, taking place, one of which, uh, as you're aware, is uh, Youth Sunday. So next Sunday is Youth Sunday. And by the way, next Sunday, because of the nature of of the Sunday, uh, we will be uh, doing a combined service. So as usual, we'll have to arrange uh, tentage outside and many of you will have to bear with us, park in other locations so that there's room within the church area so we can fit, uh, we can have the combined service. Uh, it's it's Youth Sunday or Youths. Uh, we'll be doing a number of things and to be very, very special Sunday. Amen. Then in the afternoon at 14, uh, 14.30 it said in the announcement, we have the youth blast, and so it's going to need to be time for preparation there, and it only makes more sense for us to do a combined service. So please take note of that, and we'll mention it again to those in the second service. Uh, But I'm I'm just keeping in mind that because of all those things, uh, what I have done is just rearranged the material a little bit so we can um, uh, focus on something for today uh, that will enable us to... Uh, come and pick up a little later in a fashion that will make it easier for us not to forget. And so we're looking at community transformation as the theme for the year, visiting Cybership foundations now and next generation. We will uh, refer back to the fact that in the past few uh, Sundays, we've been uh, reminding ourselves about the need to step up into your calling. Now, in this area, we have covered three key things, the challenge of acceptance, the provision of identity, the providence of destiny. The providence of destiny is the matter that we are handling now, and under the providence of destiny, we said last week that we need to understand destiny, we need to deal with excuses and areas of concern, and begin to appropriate divine commissioning. I barely referred to that. In understanding destiny, we reminded ourselves that destiny is simply fulfilling that which God has already ordained for you. Easier said than done. But it becomes easier once we have grasped this to understand the fact that it doesn't have to be guesswork because God has already ordained some key things for you to fulfill. We read Romans chapter 8 and uh, we fear the term predestination, we should not at all. God has predetermined the things that will take place in your life. However, he still expects you and I to cooperate with him by our will and our our submission, because we don't know everything. So we don't sit back and say, no, since God already knows what's going to happen tomorrow, let me just sit back, not at all. We respond to the things that he uh, is disclosing to us. And so we said, uh, destiny goes hand in hand with divine revelation. And we saw that in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 6. And revelation, we reminded ourselves, is that progressive act of God whereby he discloses or unveils uh, of himself in limited aspects, and he unveils to us his person and his will for what reason? In those particular circumstances, it does it to ensure personal guidance for your individual life, for my individual life. So this thing is very focused. And it is important for you to see yourself not just as a number among many. You are that important. If you were the only audience here today, God speaks these things to you still. Because you as an individual are important. So that took us into Exodus chapter 4 and we began to examine some things from the life of Moses. Um, and so that sets us up then for today's focus, which is um, uh, that the third of those three things that we were handling under divine destiny, and that is appropriating divine commissioning. We didn't have a chance to read each of these verses. Today will take some time. Like I said, I wanted, to get, I wanted us to get a little more granular. And so we'll take some time to read a few of these portions. The first of those that we will look at again is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7a, reminding ourselves of the essence of that commission. The essence of that commission in verse number 7 is that um, Jeremiah is told, please do not say that I am too young. You must go. That's the commissioning. That's the commissioning. In Jeremiah 1, 7, B, that is emphasized. You must go to everyone I send you to. That's a commissioning. If we move on into verse number 8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So the I am sending you, that you must go, is a commission. A little bit of emphasis in verse number nine today. Verse number nine says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, I have put my words in your mouth. Again, that's a commissioning. This is what we refer to as the touch of God Almighty. And for the young people that I was referring to last week when I addressed um, uh, some of you, and talked about the skill and talent that God has placed in your life. What God places in your life is meant to commission you to be focused in harnessing that specific area and making it grow. So the touch of God on your talent, the touch of God on your skill means everything. It means that you can and you must excel. But what happens many times, as I will be showing a little later, is that there's a focus on self. And when there's a focus on self, there's unfortunately an inability to order that skill. And when skill is not undergirded by character, everything falls apart. In Isaiah chapter 6, today we will read verse 6 to 8, same arrangement happens for Isaiah the prophet. He is told in verse number 6 then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live call in his hand when he had taken his tongues from the altar which he had taken rather with tongues from the altar with it he touched my mouth. Jeremiah is touched at the mouth. The touch of God is everything beloved. It is everything. It is everything. He touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? This is the divine commissioning. Between the commissioning and the action... Is the appropriation. This is what I want us to focus on today because appropriating that commissioning is a powerhouse. It is a powerhouse. Because you become aware that God has his hand upon your life. The things that you see us doing around the world, we don't do just because they're nice to do. We do them because we recognize God's commissioning over our lives. And I can assure you, beloved, it is, it is it. Is amazing what God can do with your life once you allow for the divine commissioning to be appropriated. I want us to read on into verse number eight. Then I heard a voice of uh, Isaiah six. Then I heard a voice saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here. I am I, send me. Here am I, send me. So answering that call and asking God to send you is critical. So two granular issues I want us to look at. Uh, Let's go to slide number 10. Two granular issues I want us to look at. 10, 10, that's 9, 10. Yeah, that one. It's, It's dealing with two things that interfere with commissioning. Because God has set you apart. His destiny is on your life. And when he sets you apart and destiny is on your life, the real issue is just you, dealing with fear and dealing with self. And between those two things, we have achievers and failures. Those who achieved God's plan and those who failed because they feared to get up and step into their calling. In a year when we are revisiting discipleship foundations, discipleship is a granular matter where at individual level, God wants to work with you and raise you to be that person that delivers on his mandate. So we'll spend some time, as I promised last week, in Exodus 3. So let's go back there. And what we see Moses struggling with is exactly what Jeremiah struggled with, exactly what um, Isaiah struggled with, exactly what Moses himself, whom we are reading about here, struggling with. We begin at verse number 11. But Moses said to God, Who Am I that I should go? Take note that in verse number three of Exodus, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him out of the bush. And we we're emphasizing last week that God requires us to take a step because the burning bush was there. Moses observed that this bush was not being consumed. He took a step and got closer. When you take a step, God will do more for you. And out of that bush, out of that circumstance, like we were saying last week, out of your pain. Sometimes God may use pain to try and capture you. Out of that, God calls you. and God calls Moses and at this point commissions him and tells him to go. And Moses said, here I am. Just like Isaiah said, here I am. Then he's told in verse number five, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid. To look to God. So here is the commissioning. But Moses is filled with fear. Remember in chapter 4? Let's just uh, look a little bit at chapter 4. And, and deal deal um, verse number 8. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe to these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, pour it out on the dry ground, then the water that you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent. This is a combination of fear and self. And that is where many of us dwell. Look, after all this, God has said, they will listen to you. God has said, I will be with you. He says, pardon me. I have never been eloquent. eloquent, Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave man, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you. Speak and teach you what to say. But Moses is still filled with fear. And Moses is still focused on the self. And those two common areas are key factors. Areas of common factors that you and I have to deal with in order to fully appropriate the commissioning. The commissioning hangs over us. It's the same commissioning that hung over Peter, when Peter, as was said by the by Yande and the team here, where the Lord said, "Who do you say that I am?" And then He mentioned, "Thou art the uh, Christ, Son of the Living God." And God said that, uh, "Upon this rock I will build my church." And then He tells them to go. That, that fear that comes in the hearts of lives is a common issue. That you and I must deal with today. It's easy for us to discuss Moses. But put yourself in, your, in his shoes. Let's read on. Verse number 13. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Why? should God send someone else? You see, beloved, the things that God desires to do require courageous sons and daughters to deal with fear, to forget self, and to simply say, here I am. Send me. There has to be a charity somewhere in Kungulu there has to be a deacon Billy somewhere. There has to be a deacon Wheeler somewhere. There has to be a senior deacon Shansa uh, Shambuluma somewhere. Somebody has to say, Here I am. Amen. To make the difference in the lives of people. You see, this thing cannot be left to those that simply carry a title. And in a few moments this morning, I will pull all of us to that place. Because it's easy to hear this and to still brush it off because you're still counting on someone else who you think is more prominent and more able to do. But God is counting on you this morning. Because there is space that only you can fulfill. It's carved for you. Verse 14. You know, beloved, What we read in verse 14 you and I must never never by our actions cause God to have to react like this. Never. 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 Because we will never recover. The Lord's anger burned. That's enough to consume you and I. The Lord's anger burnt against Moses and said, Okay, if that's what you will do, how about your brother Aaron, the Levite? Since you're not ready to speak, he can speak for you. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad. To see you. You shall speak to him. And put words in his mouth. I will help you. Speak. And will teach you what to do. It's the second time God is saying this. And will teach you. What to do. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if. He were your mouth. As if. You were God to him. God is merciful. God is merciful. But take this stuff in your hand so you can perform signs with it. So the factor that you're dealing with here is fear and self. You see it in Jeremiah. We read it already last week. When Jeremiah was asked, what did he say? Lord, I am too young. Joshua struggled for a little while as well. And that is why the Lord said to him, do not fear. Be courageous. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. So, usually why we fear is because we think we will fail. We fear, we also do so uh, in this fear because we, we, we think we will be embarrassed. But that embarrassment is really still focused on us. And that is a problem. That's why the Bible is clear. When Jesus taught, he said, anyone who comes to me must first of all deny himself. So, a word for all of us, particularly the young people. So when you're dealing with talent God has placed inside you, God is seeking to commission you and take care of that talent by anointing it. Supercharge it so it can go to lengths and breadths. If God cannot pull us from ourselves, we will crush every single time. Because what sustains talent is character. And I want to show you something just now, in between verses 12 and 15, as to why God is taking Moses away from himself to focus on him. Look at verse number 12 in chapter 3. And God says, oh, first of all, I want you to see the answer. But Moses said, who am I? So that's focused on self, right? Who am I that I should do a disappearing humble? Uh, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. What would you expect? You'd be expecting that God will say, Okay, Moses, you're asking who you are. Let me tell you who you are. Tell you. But look at the answer in verse 13. What is the answer? What does God say to Moses? When he's saying, Who am I? And he's focused on self. None of us can make the grade. God gives us an opportunity to lose ourselves and to take on his nature. Look at verse number 13. This is God's answer. While Moses is saying, who am I? God says, and God said, I will be with you. Who am I? God says I will be with you. So I don't know what your question is today. And I don't know what your arguments are with God. And I don't know what your excuses are. God will not always answer those questions. But he will tell you who he is. Moses says, who am I that I should go? God says, I am with you. Doesn't end there. Look at verse number 14. Look at verse number 14. And so invested in verse 13, we reflected last week, Moses, unfortunately, like you and I, still has a question. He says, suppose I go. And the Israelites I say to them. "The Israelites I say. Suppose I go to them and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? What does God say? I am that I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say. So that question of self must be consumed in who he is. I have three things to say in just a moment, but I want you to understand this. Must be consumed in who he is. We must be prepared to lose ourselves. You see, the world of fame... The so-called hall of fame is about names making it into that hall. The thing we struggle with as human beings is really the prominence of ourselves. The prominence of our personality. That is why we fear to fail because we think when we fail, people will say, ah, So they are nothing after all. So we want to keep in a space where people still think very highly of us. But when we come into God's commissioning, we must be prepared to lose ourselves. That's why John says he must increase while I. So he says to him in verse number 14, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. Verse number 15, God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me. This scenario has been repeated four times in these three chapters, in these two chapters, chapter three and chapter four. Four times. And Moses now finally gets to see the point. And look at what the Lord says. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. In the Hebrew, the name there is Yahweh. Yahweh is the name that represents God's nature and character. And that is to say, what holds us in his presence is his nature and character. And that's the reason why when we go back to the issue of service in the presence of God, what holds us into success is character. Talent cannot propel you to the place where you need to be. Next Sunday, young people, there will be a show of talent and gifting uh, during the, 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 um, uh, the, the youth blast. We want you young people to understand, as I will show you. Give me the next slide now how you appropriate um, divine commissioning is by understanding three things. One, the mission is his. Number two, he aims to secure us from that fear. Number three, he wants to point us to his abiding presence. His abiding presence is what changes you and I In terms of character. Because in his presence. He chops off the self. He chops off the things. That tend to focus us. On the wrong ideas. In verse number 16. He says go. Assemble the elders. And say to them the Lord. The God of your fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Appeared to me. And said I have watched over you. That is his presence. And I have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you out. So he points us to his abiding presence. I want to share with you very passionately from a personal angle. You're looking at a young man here who for 43 years on after knowing Jesus, 45 years now, after knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, has learned to spend time in his presence. You see, God does allow us to learn some things through skills, through education, and all those things. But the thing that transforms you is his presence. And you young people, I would like you to know, if you can learn to appreciate his presence, there is going to be a transformation in your life. God reveals himself to Moses here as Yahweh in a rarity, in a rare moment, in a rare form of his name as Yahweh. When he says, I am who I am, and that's carried on. Remember when Jesus came in the book of John, when he expressed himself to the people and they were asking, who is he? He says A greater than Solomon is here. The I am who was there from the very beginning. The essence of his Presence adjusts your motives, adjust the motives of your heart, the readings of your, your mind. It adjusts the eyes to cause you to begin to envision him and him alone. That is why we sing the song down at your feet is the highest place. In your presence, Lord, I I seek your faith. There is no higher calling, no greater honor than before your throne. The value of his presence. The tragedy we see over time is that we have a generation that is highly talented and focuses on gift rather than the fact that there is a giver of that gift. And in this year, as we emphasize the place of young people in the now and next generation, your talent is not enough to carry you into your destiny. Young Moses had to learn to be. In his presence. Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Uh, Dr. Nathan was leading us in prayer. On Friday the other week. And took us to the book of Samuel. And showed how Samuel. The boy Samuel. Grew in the Presence of the Lord, and there has to be that valuing of the presence. There is no, no, no substitute for that. Divine commissioning is only able to make sense when you appropriate appropriated in His presence. That is the place. Where the heart melts. That is the place where habits of sin, adultery, bad thoughts, and things that have held you and crippled you for a while are broken. That is where pathological lying that some have it as endemic in their lives can be broken I have watched people come in church and go out of church in many many years and you see that their lives do not change and I can tell that they have never known the secret of his presence I can tell you today that when you discover the essence of the fact that the great I am says I am with you he is he's taking time to help you to understand that only with him can you make the grade, and we are a church today that knows about God yes Yande in Caesarea of Philippi they knew about him but that is why he asked who do you say that I am how about you It's the essence of his presence. I cannot preach this enough to you. You have to find it out for yourself. And we have to recover the essence of the presence of God in our lives. We have to recover the newness and the freshness of the presence of God in our lives. If you understand the many excuses that brought fear in the life of Moses and now he's at a place where he finally gets up. He understands that Aaron is there. And if you look for instances, the very few times that he actually used Aaron in that row. Moses realized that the commissioning was on him. And this is now Moses whom you see going before Pharaoh and standing before Pharaoh and beginning to challenge Pharaoh sign after sign after sign and challenging him now come because of the essence of his presence and this is the same Moses who now had the courage when they were facing the Red Sea to say to the Israelites when they were blaming him and saying Moses take us back did you bring us here so we can die here and uh, it was better to be in Egypt and he says to them the Egyptians that you see now you will see no more. and see the salvation of the Lord. And you all know and understand that the sea opened, that great red sea opened and the people of God walked on dry ground. And as the enemies were approaching, they thought they would do it just the same way as God's people had done it. God's presence achieves mighty things for us. And when they came, you all know the story, they were drowned But you see, Moses grew his confidence in his interaction with the great I am. I want to keep this very simple today. The reason why you and I must appropriate his commissioning is that it helps us to understand the mission is His. Young people, it's not about you. You may get a name and even have a stage name for your ministry. and Or you call them performances. I still insist it's ministry. And we understand what you mean. That's fine, because you you are about art and so on. But young people, you must be able to make sure that the presence of God is the central thing in your life. So when you get up and do your poems, when you get up and do your Imagine rap that is touched and blessed by God. Imagine when it has the touch of the Holy Spirit. The words you speak are power. They become power. And I'm telling you from personal experience, this is what happens. This is what happens. I've just been to huge international meeting. I can tell you that. I mean, when we go to those meetings, we dress up, I I carry my robe, and everybody's in a robe. We're religious leaders. We go into those places, and we're doing things, and we're bowing. But I know that any moment I open my mouth, I'm aware that now God, even if I have three, four minutes, that God is speaking. God is speaking. And in those meetings, usually you only have one chance. Just one chance to speak. One. Usually five minutes and under. One chance to speak. But what you speak becomes indelible. Becomes indelible. But it comes from the presence of God. We cannot cheapen God's presence in the fashion that we have done and get so familiar with God singing songs isn't the same as being in his presence it's about coming opening our hearts repenting and opening our lives so he can alter the things that need to be altered so when we sit down at your feet oh Lord is the most high place next slide when you remember what was happening here where he's calling himself Yahweh, it is the fact that he's now giving character to Moses. Now I want you to remember that Moses had a record of murder because there was a time he ran away from Egypt because he killed someone. You must remember that Moses Had this impediment of stammering. But God deals with it. With his presence. And in verse number 16, three things are mentioned there. In verse number 16 of chapter 3. Three things are mentioned there. He says, I have watched over you. I have seen what has been done to you. And I have promised to bring you out. When I was going over this material, the Lord ministered to me that there are many of his children who are in that category. Where your past is hanging on to you so much that you think there is nothing God can do to use you. God says, I have sinned. And there are some whose past Is that aggravated because of things people did to you? God is saying, I have seen what they have done to you. Just release those people. But thirdly, God says, I have come so that I will bring you out. And God wants to bring people out today. You are a commissioned people. self and fear should not stand in the way. God is bringing you out. But I want to tell you, the way out is down at his feet. That's where the awesome place is. This is the highest place. The lowest place is the highest place. The highest place. That is why Psalm 91 says, he, this 1, who dwells In the secret place, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the shelter, in the secret place of the Most High will abide. And if he says, will rest under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to ask the choir to come. Because today, as we do this, I want us to spend just a few moments in his presence. And I introduce you to God's presence as the place where he molds you. He checks your motives. He prepares you. And there's some of you who are business people here. You've done all these investments without really taking time to bring that investment before the altar and to soak it in the presence of God. Today is your opportunity. Bring it. Offer it at the altar. Let God's presence be there. And another way of physically allowing God to be there is for you to make use of your leaders, to come out there and pray, to dedicate your premises. Don't think this is light. People who don't know God do this through sacrifices and rituals and so on. When they set up their businesses, they take their idols, they place them there, and you, God's child, will start a business and you just carry on and half of... God's people don't even know you're doing that. No, as a child of God, you bring that business before the Lord in his presence. There is a role for your spiritual leaders to pray. This is an anointing God gives to us. You make that visible. We remember you in prayer and you dedicate this to the Lord. When you get a new job, come, testify, talk about it. We pray and anoint you and send you back in that job you specifically call the presence of God into this area God will raise you and give you significance in the economy give you significance in the continent and on the global market that's what God wants to do with his children